Hey audio listeners, this is Monsters Review. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to let you know that we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of this episode, and because of that, our guest Leah C is missing from about the first 15 minutes. So if you hear a few seconds of awkward silence, that's why. Alright, enjoy the show. Hey guys, Pie Guy Rules here with another episode of The Recast. I am here with our resident long long person monsters review <laughs> what's up i am a very long person i was gonna try to make a yellow diamond joke but you wouldn't understand it and i couldn't i couldn't make the connection the yellow diamond is the one with a really bold face right the bold face i'm just gonna let that one pass <laughs> all right well we're, we're also joined by lissy and today we have an episode that has almost nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but it's the episode that airs before Thanksgiving. Um, but we got Steven Universe, and we're all thankful for Steven Universe. Right. <laughs> Except for monsters. I mean, I'm not not thankful for it. Uh, monsters has not seen... You've seen... Uh, before this, these two episodes, you've seen what? Two episodes? Yes. Okay, so that's the hook of this episode. If you stick around to the to the end, not only do you get a discussion on two uh, pretty interesting episodes of Steven Universe, you also get to hear the perspective of someone who has no idea what Steven means when he points to his belly and says, don't forget mom. I mean, I kind of know it. it it's, it's almost like a Naruto type thing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Leah, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Yeah, the snowpocalypse hit the recast headquarters pretty hard. And yeah. by recast headquarters, I mean the northeast of the United States, because that's where most of our guests end up being from. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, the snowstorm was bad. Uh, people were stuck in traffic for hours. I, I, I luckily, I almost went out on the road. And then, like, I slid a little bit down a hill. And then I just turned around and went back. And I just I stayed at my parents' place because it's just, it was bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's it hasn't been every year, but like around the the northeast, we've been hit with just like one really nasty. We don't get fall anymore. We have like a month of fall, and then it's just here's winter. Bam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Although, from from my understanding, don't they do like like Halloween on the week end before, or they do like trunk or treat or something? I I don't know. I hear I hear rumblings. I don't interact with children, but. <laughs> Uh, Monsters, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I mean, I know I'm about to get roasted for comparing Steven Universe to Naruto. <laughs> um, oh, but goodness. yeah, you know, usually it's this time of year where we, we stuff turkeys, but, you know, I, th I think we're all going to stuff ourselves with turkeys instead. What? <laughs> get it? Um, cause, cause we're going to eat turkeys. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you know, I ordered some wings from Domino's like an hour or two ago, and they were like the worst wings I ever had. So, why why were they bad? Oh God, I you know, <laughs> no. Here's the thing. All right, with with wings, you want to have like a good, like a clear shot at the meat, right? You don't want to be, you don't want it ambiguous as to where you're supposed to bite. It's supposed to just be like a nice thin skin. I I don't, I don't really do like the crispy wings. That's like, eh. But anyway, these Domino's wings were like. Tons of fatty pieces, and, like, the skin was, like, puffy. I don't know. It was really bad. I, I don't usually throw wings away, but I did. Because it's they were time gross. to open up a debate for the comments section. 
are boneless wings just chicken nuggets? Well, see, that's the thing. Domino's <laughs> pushes those boneless wings, and I now I know why because their regular wings suck. <laughs> I've accidentally ordered their boneless wings before because, like, that's the first thing that comes up when you like go onto their wings category on the app. Uh, I'm glad you guys all came to the recast for an in-depth discussion of wing ordering. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> monsters. I believe you were uh, bragging to me earlier about how you watched something this week. Uh, yeah, I watched an, an inconvenient truth. Um, oh God! <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I, I've seen something uh, related to that though. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, Pie Guy messaged me and said, "Dude, you need to watch the most recent South Park." And I was like, "Okay." I, I didn't watched... say that. What? Yes, you did. Oh, okay. All right. Vis a vis last week's episode. Yes. Yeah. Episode. I'll explain six. That. Well. No, 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 no. Last week's episode of the recast, there was an unfortunate mishap where we we usually record a, a, you know, a little little secret behind the scenes here. We usually record on Wednesdays at 10 p.m., which that's when South Park airs. Uh, so when I was talking about South Park, I was talking about the first the episodes up to the Halloween one because the episode was the next one was airing while we were talking. Uh, we, in in our discussion, I kind of talked about like. Oh, they don't do episodes where the boys go on adventures anymore, and like, uh, they don't do this and that. And then <laughs> the episode comes out that is basically like exactly like the kind of episode I'm describing. So I I, I told monsters like you got to check this out because it just so happened to be like something that makes our conversation kind of like totally irrelevant. Um, right. Anyway, so, so I watched continue. I watched that, and I was like, there's there's so much that I don't know. So basically, <laughs> in the past week, I've uh, I've rewatched. All of uh, up to what's all of current. South Park every episode every single episode of South Park since 1997 yeah no <laughs> <laughs> and, no no I um I've watched all of uh, what's currently you know up to date season 22 um and just to quickly recap what I've seen so far uh, the first episode Dead Kids that was a really good episode lots of good social commentary Randy steals Agree. the show um a boy and a priest what what did you think about that episode. Oh god, I hated that one. That really? was that was. That I thought was it was so pretty boring. funny. I loved Randy and like all the adults joking at the church too. Yeah, but like they South Park's done that before. I, I, know. I didn't. I I still feel like I'm missing something. Like, did anything new happen in the news with the church, or is this just the same? Oh. I mean, we 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 don't need to right. talk about. It. Okay, also, the, but... the cleanup crew was really funny. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> And then the next episode, the problem with the poo, uh, not not really. I I didn't really dig this one too much, but I did like the whole tie into the the ambient thing. Yeah. Um, so Tegrity Farms, I thought that this one was really funny. Um, I, I liked that it it kind of tackled the the vaping crisis and and you know Randy's like we need more Tegrity. <laughs> um so that was a cool episode and then the scoots probably my least episode of the season so far it's basically the the semi-halloween episode um and there's like a few horror elements because the scooters keep appearing and and i understand what they're trying to reference but i just didn't really find it that funny overall um, i thought that was actually one of the better ones of really? the season yeah we, we completely disagree yeah <laughs> um well that that brings us to the past two episodes which is time to get cereal and nobody gets cereal Yes, it does. Uh, so we've all seen these two episodes. So I figured that's a good place to to do a discussion here, right? Yeah. Um, I you know what? 
listen, if South Park could admit that they were wrong about Al Gore, well, they didn't really admit they're wrong about Al Gore, but they're wrong about Al Gore's message. Uh, then I can admit that I, I was wrong about my prediction for these episodes. I, I actually enjoyed it uh, all the way through. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I have I, I have this like thing with the multi-park, multi-park, multi-part South Park episodes where they usually drag things out and they usually like do a terrible job of ending. And it I, I don't know. It's like they tell these long stories without any idea of what they're doing or where they're going with them. Um, and I still I still feel like even though it seems to have ended with this episode, I still feel like they're going to drag this out for like two more episodes. Like they're going to, they're going to try to build it up into some sort of season finale and they're going to make it multi-part and they're going to ruin it. But, but for at least these two parts, um, I thought they were pretty consistent. I, I think the story still kind of like dragged and went to weird places, but like the jokes about like, when should we worry? Like that's classic South park. Like that was really, really good. Um, the, the fact that it's the boys on an adventure, the fact that Al Gore is still weird as heck, um, Red Dead, it's really good stuff. What? Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yes. That's another, that's another thing. Classic South Park, just obsessed with the game for no, like everyone in the real world is obsessed with the game. Sure. Everyone in South Park too. <laughs> Howderson Yates. <laughs> uh, I, I loved how they treated that. And he's like, I'm going to start a new life. Gets up, puts on his jacket and his hat. And then he sits back down and he starts a new save. Um, I also like you guys, I know that Pi knows about my background for like environmental science and stuff, but it was just really funny um, with man bear pig being like an allegory to climate change. And, um, <laughs> and it was just really funny. Like when should we start to worry about this? And it's just really funny with the timing, with all the fires and everything that's happening right now. They like, they just hit um thing at the right time it was a really good episode right and and i like how they tied it in with like the older generation because it's you know it's always like i like that and, and that, without getting into like a discussion on global warming like the part of the difficulty with it is just that it is a very very like ongoing long-term large-scale issue and no one wants to ever worry about that because it's like you know worrying about economic things that like could immediately result in jobs for people or immediately help some people out financially or whatever like people are way more concerned with that you know rightly or wrongly um so i felt like that was kind of a, a cool way to tie in just like that they made a pact with this man bear pig for for <laughs> stuff and then it doesn't even like to tie it in with red dead redemption it's like it's weird and roundabout because it's not like a direct para par parallel to anything it's not like not like Red Dead Redemption actually causes pollution or anything like that, but um, just kind of to use that as the metaphor for like, well, you know what? You're you're upset with the older generation for not caring and being too focused on their material goods or their personal gain, and yet you don't you can't give up yours either. Like it's yeah. it's just it's a cycle. Um, the thing about that too that's really funny is that uh, it's the Wild West in that game before like all the the woods and the wilderness was gone too so they're all like obsessed with this and like this environment and then they're not even noticing that the environment that it was is like getting destroyed i just thought it was a very interesting mm. way it, it happened all at like the right time and it made a really good episode yeah um i mean honestly if if i'm being honest i think that you they probably could have condensed the best parts of the, the two parts of them into one really fantastic episode um but as it stands, I, th I thought it I thought it was pretty like I I'll be honest, I didn't think Satan really added anything to this at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't really know 
Like, they give him an explanation as to why he's helping, but, like, even before they do that, he's just kind of there, hanging out. Like, right. Well, I mean, it, it's, isn't it's... it because Man Bear Pig's a demon? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, if he's a demon, but, like, then... Him being there didn't really add anything to it, though. And also, no. didn't, in the first Man Bear Pig episode, didn't Al Gore kill the Man Bear Pig? No, the Man Bear Pig is not real in the first episode. Oh. That's the whole, that's, that's the whole thing. Okay. Imagination land. Right. Mm. But that's the whole thing, is that the, the original episode was um, basically a, a making fun of Al Gore for an inconvenient truth, saying that climate change is like this man bear pig where he's ranting and raving about this thing that nobody thinks exists. Right. And that's that's the reason why they did this is because they they were wrong. I mean, yeah. um, but but my, my thing, what I always kind of find interesting is just that that the original man bear pig episode, even though like I don't agree with its messaging at all, it's still like a really funny, memorable episode because the story is good regardless of what message regardless of whatever political thing was happening the story was good enough that it didn't matter and i i still feel like with a lot of the episodes in the past like four seasons of the show you look at them and if you don't know what's going on politically you're lost and it doesn't they're not classic they're people care about them because they comment on on issues in a way that no other show does but once those issues are done and over with there's nothing lasting to these episodes mm-hmm other than some of some of them <laughs> look back and be like oh this happened right um but but yeah no i i and i mean i i think that's really good where you can make a story that like you personally disagree with the messaging on but like you you still very much enjoy it like that's that's a that's a difficult thing to do um like the original one has cartman pooping out all the gold at the end <laughs> oh god, oh, god. I, I remember that one that's the classic south park moment uh yeah like i don't know it felt so good it felt so good to have the four boys just like in just this over-the-top situation together like and then the whole thing about like anytime they went to start making fun of al gore he was like no i'm not helping you i'm not helping you like (laughs) because kyle started to do that thing where it's like well you know yeah you were right but to be fair you were kind of being annoying at the time and it's like nope nope he was right (laughs) end of story (laughs) uh Oh, I, I died when, um, when it turns out that the ghost, like Al Gore, was was just a projection yeah. of the movie. <laughs> so uh, absorbed, he's just like, oh, how'd you guys like my movie? <laughs> and that's the thing. I I don't really know too much about Al Gore in real life. I have no idea if he's insufferable or not. But I, I just feel like they've created this really funny character that it he he's just a funny, memorable character in his own right. Yeah, he yeah. is. I don't know anything about Al Gore either, other than like the environmental thing, but that's, I don't know anything about the actual person, but the South Park character is hilarious. Mm-hmm. The way that they make him out is, is so that he, you know, he, he basically does like this big documentary as a way to get notoriety because he lost the election. <laughs> uh Ending of the episode, uh, I really like too because they're like, "Oh yeah, so he'll come back in like five years, but you can sign him off right now." And like, <laughs> it's such an interesting th- way to end it too because, like you were talking about earlier, um, we have our generation has their own things that they're absorbed in, and they can yell at the older generation as much as they want, but they're failing to realize that a lot of the stuff that they're obsessed with is also hurting the environment too. Yep. Um, so they're like, "Oh yeah, no, we'll keep these things," but like effects from happening we're just adding to the cycle but it it is also pretty um positive as positive as a south park get episode gets in in that there is this 
um, <laughs> the police chief Yates gives this speech about how it's not, it's never too late to begin to change. And that that's right. true. That is true. I mean, I don't know. It probably is too late at certain points, but yeah, <laughs> but we won't get into that because that's all. Well, <laughs> well, no, but but even even when things are past the point of doing a one eighty, you can still make small change. I, I don't think, I don't know. It, it not talking about global warming. I'm just talking about <laughs> yeah, in general. Um, uh, no, I, I, I mean, you can always pollute the environment less. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna fix anything, but or we can just find <laughs> another host planet. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, they, they already did, but it'd take, I think it was like 8 million something years to get there. I can't remember. It's a ridiculous amount of time. Let's leave tomorrow. <laughs> like Earth 2 or something. I forget what they named it, but it's it's exactly like Earth, except I think like two times bigger or something like that. Um, but yeah. Oh, that means oh. that we can pollute it twice more. <laughs> no, we just didn't we just populate half of the planet and then and then we just move to the other half once it's just polluted up, yeah. right? I think that's how it works. Right. And then once that once half the ozone layer on the planet is gone, that's just like a desolate burning wasteland. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um join us next week for when we do a recast on Inconvenient Truth and an Inconvenient Truth 2. <laughs> um did any of you guys uh want to talk about anything else i i saw um i actually watched with next week's guest uh a movie that i know monsters likes and i won't say it but we can talk about it then because i know i know the guest watched it and i watched it and i know monsters likes it and it's Mm -hmm. a it's a movie that is related to a very infamous movie yeah (laughs) <laughs> join us next week it's an inconvenient truth um no uh um all right i can't oh. think of anything else so sounds good all right so moving along we have news it was a big week for trailer. actually it's a big day basically for for news and trailers oh, it all happened in the same time yeah. frame yeah um so uh, basically, I guess I'll get we'll get the man. This is this is an episode we're talking. We talked about global warming and now we're going to talk about death. Um, so obviously, I'm sure anyone watching this knows, but uh, Stanley passed away in this past week. Yeah, it just came on really suddenly. Um, I mean, there, there wasn't any like new story to go with this. I, I mean, there's tons of things that have been written up about him, but the, and there's nothing there's nothing I feel I could say about the man that like justifies like I, I don't know he's, he's he, he did so many great things and like what kind of it takes a really special creator to 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 continue into his 90s still promoting his work and still interacting with the fans and still doing what he loved doing and appearing in every stinking movie he appeared in Teen titans go to the movies like <laughs> no like he, he i mean there's the there's this joke on the simpsons of that like you know he he had nothing better to do with his time so he just hangs around comic book stores and whatever but no like seriously the guy uh, he had a passion for what he did and and he he never ever ever stopped and i think that's just insanely commendable and and you know the man the man lived to 95 that's that's a great life yeah, I mean, he's super inspiring, too. Like I, I told you earlier, I'm not really a huge superhero fan, but I definitely look up to him Like as a content creator. He's definitely an inspiring figure to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy if you think about, like, the, the web... <laughs> the web of influence um, <laughs> that Stanley's had. Like, 
I, I we wouldn't ha- we probably wouldn't have like Danny Phantom if it wasn't for Stanley and Spider Man. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, just he thinking about inspired everything. Well, he inspired a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um. He. I, I had some friends of mine that were on the day that he passed away were arguing like, "Oh, Stanley is a loser. Oh, Stanley is just a poser." Uh, Jack Kirby did all the work and blah blah blah, and I was just like, "Listen." Like now is not the time to argue about that. Like Stan Lee was a magnificent man, and I I think records do show he did a lot. And from people that I know that go to conventions, he was always a really caring guy that always took the time to to speak individually to each person and give give them his undivided attention. And yeah, it's it's a real bummer that that he's not with us anymore. Yeah. All right. Um. So moving on from that news, uh, there were two big trailers that. I, I care about um, that came out that day. And the first one, well, it's, there's two trailers for this one, but the first one is Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. which is. <laughs> oh, boy. What? what they're like making toy... a fourth one? <laughs> toy Story Fork. Uh, I, 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 um, know. <laughs> I, I saw a video from Super Carlin Brothers talking about it, and he made that joke a lot. Uh but um, but yeah. So basically, these two, two insanely obtuse trailers dropped. Uh, the first one being a very short spot where it's the cast, the, like all the main characters from Toy Story three, in a circle, like ringing around the rosy. Um, I don't even. Some cheery song is playing, and then at the end of the circle is a fork, toy fork guy, Sport. Uh, who yeah. says. He doesn't belong. Oh, Spork. Sorry. He says he doesn't belong there. And then the thing ends. Apparently utensils are alive now. We're getting into food fight territory or whatever. <laughs> um, I forget the name. Sausage party. That's what I meant. Oh, God. No, don't bring that up on this show. No. <laughs> Monsters will talk for hours. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are we going to do food fight and, and sausage party on the recast? Oh, you should. You 100% <laughs> should. <laughs> Oh, uh, um, no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and then the other trailer was basically just, uh, it was really weird. It was Key and Peele as these, like, carnival plushies, and they were basically making fun of the idea of there being a fourth Toy Story movie. Right, get it, guys? Because if they're aware of it, then that makes it okay. I was about to say, yeah, because they knew that they were going to get a lot of that. So they were just like, yeah, we're just going to head this off now, which is probably why it came out so soon after the first teaser. Um, yeah, that's that's what my guess is. I mean, I, I thought the I thought that the second teaser was far more enjoyable than the first one. Yeah, I mean, KPL were funny. Like, it wasn't just that the joke was that like they were they were imitating Buzz and Woody and doing a really funny job at it where it was really good i like the designs of the characters too like being carnival toys because they're usually brightly colored and like they don't look very well made um (laughs) and i like how they translated that into characters yeah so here's the thing i mean i don't i'm pretty sure i've said this in some video somewhere but just like i i'm not it's not controversial to say that toy story 4 does not need to exist and no one especially after like the glut of Monsters U, Finding Dory, um, Cars two and three, and just all the sequels. That it's like no one, no one 
looked at Toy Story 4 and was like, yes. I mean, I'm sure some people did, but people that are even slightly cynical about the industry um, or about Pixar's direction, it's it's not surprising to be like, well, money. I mean, um, I'm still going to watch it because Toy Story was definitely my favorite movie when I was growing up. Um, well, that's... It, it was just a big part of it. But at the same time, like I do agree that Toy Story 4 definitely did not need to exist. They ended a nice spot in 3. I mean that's the thing. It it I I uh I hate to say it, but these trailers make me look forward to it. Like I'm still skeptical, but like and and they know that. And that's uh that's the frustrating thing about the film industry is just that like like Incredibles 2. I mean, I know I'm like in the minority for not liking it, but just Incredibles 2 could have been a dumpster fire and still would be like one of the most viewed animated films of all time just because of the sequel anticipation. That's like, true. Because and I feel like that just sucks because it just rewards movies for nothing, for just being tangentially related to something. That's good. all of them. I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. I like they're taking I mean, the Five Nights at Freddy's route. Yeah, but but I mean, I I don't think, I don't think we would have gotten. Well, mm, I can't say that <laughs> because Cars Three, um, which I I liked, I didn't love, I, I liked it, but Cars Three also had a pretty like ambitious like uh teaser trailer where oh, yeah. like is like lightning mcqueen died like it was experimental and then that movie ended up being like pretty pretty by the books i still thought it was all right but it wasn't it was not a, like a tr tragic movie about lightning mcqueen dying or anything well, like that i mean to be honest the accident only took up like the first what like 20 minutes of the movie it was literally nothing even though that's what they advertised it on Right, it was him losing the race is what kicks off the whole thing. It's not even like he's too damaged to do anything, like like the trailer implies. Yeah, no, they fixed him like 100%. He was fine. It was more like he was just outdated, which, you know, cars do get outdated. Um, but... Well, that's, that's see, that's that's interesting, right? Because that's where you think this the, the Cars 3 was going to go, this discussion of what happens when a car gets outdated or whatever, which loops back around to Toy Story 4 because... What, from my impression, what this teaser seems to be implying is that the movie might go into the nature of existence. Like, what makes a toy alive and what is existence? And, like, but that's probably overthinking it and probably expecting more than the movie's going to give me. Yeah, right. I mean, um, I heard that they were just going to go find somebody that had been lost from, like, this, I can't remember. I think it was this. Bo Peep. They they were supposed to go on this grand mission to go find where um, Bo Peep had went. Um, that's still that's still the synopsis, but uh, allegedly there's something else going on along the way. I mean, like, I don't know what else. Like the fork is not a toy, obviously. Well, not obviously, but, but he, he did, was given life because he was made into a toy. I don't know if like the child right. for the toy is what brings them alive. I'm not sure. I don't know how much you can love a spork, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pizza Planet spork, apparently. Uh oh, um, well, there we go. There, that answers the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I still have all my sporks from Chuck E. Cheese as a kid. <laughs> I asked. <laughs> um, I, I read a few articles and they said like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were like either really emotional or breaking down crying in, in the VO booth, recording lines from, like, the last few scenes. I don't know how accurate that is, but maybe they're just teasing it to be real emotional. You're right. Reports were saying, like, they, uh, Hanks and Alan were, like, having emotional breakdowns at the ending of this movie. I, I mean, 
the, the thing is is that the toy story 4 has to do something with the sh- with the movies like or like with the story like because the first three movies are basically the same story mm-hmm. like a slightly different variation but the same story fish a- out of character, water character gets lost other characters got to save him that's all about movie. Andy. every single time it's about losing andy right um the the thought of like uh, your child stopped loving you like that. That's it, all of them. All of them have that. And that's fine. Like, I think they play with it enough. But like, I mean, hey, we could do a recast on Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Um, <laughs> but but like, seriously, they, they have to do something different with the fourth one. And I don't know. I mean, the, the trailers do give me hope, which is not that's that's kind of rare for me. Usually I see the trailer and I double down on my cynicism. Um <laughs> But no, the trailers give me a little bit of hope. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I feel like if if there's any like thing that's sacred at Pixar, it is definitely Toy Story. Oh yeah, like they they definitely don't just throw together the sequels. Like yeah, they, Toy they Story do care. Is baby. Yeah. I don't know. Like I I feel like when they went into making four, um, they they probably are aware that they needed to try some type of a different formula. Otherwise what would they have to make? Because they ended it in such a good spot where everything had been answered. You went through the last thing of losing Andy and it's okay now because they just transferred onto a different owner. So what else is there at that point? I'm pretty sure that, I mean, I, I trust in Pixar. I think that they're pretty solid writers over there. Um, not sure if that can be said for Disney in some cases, <laughs> um, but Pixar is usually pretty, pretty good with their writing. Um, so I think that they're definitely aware that they need to change up the formula a little bit. I mean, I think there is also a lot at stake because there's a lot of people that have been very cynical about uh, Pixar. I mean, uh, Incredibles 2 being a big success aside, um, I mean, basically like Incredibles 2 and, well, I can't even really say it because Incredibles 2, Finding Dory and uh, Inside Out were all big hits. But but there's also The Good Dinosaur, which wasn't and isn't very well liked. Um, And then predictable, but cute. Yeah, that's that's where I fall on that. Um, but like, they're uh, trying to even think. Well, yeah, Coco was also pretty good. But like, I I don't know. It's not. It's not. Pixar is not what it once was, and people are skeptical of it. And I feel like a bad Toy Story movie would be a pretty. That would be a pretty um pretty big mark on them. You know, would be. I, I'm pretty sure that they're aware of people being skeptical of them as well. So that I I would think um they wouldn't take this risk unless they thought. Uh, unless it was like well calculated, unless they thought that it, people were really gonna like what they were putting out. I mean, it was announced back with that glut of Cars Three, uh, Finding Dory, etc. Um, so I mean, it it is possible that even if it was greenlit for just purely financial reasons, um, they could still turn something good out of it. So you know, fingers crossed. It, it's you know, it's got a stellar cast. The animation looks like even better than three. Um, you know, here's hoping, but there's still a part of me that's like, well, no matter how good this is or how bad this is, it is still still going to be irrelevant. And like, I could end up feeling about it like the way I feel about Finding Dory, where it's like, well, this is a cute movie, but it has no nothing really new to say. Uh, and it just kind of ghostly retreads what it once did again for no particular reason. 
Yeah, I, I hope that they do something new with that. I'm optimistic, though. I just love Toy Story. I just, hmm. I really hope it's not going to hurt me as bad as the end of Toy Story 3. <laughs> I, to this day, I still cannot watch that ending. I walk out of the room when it comes on because otherwise I'll be crying for like an hour. It just hits me super hard. You mean when the toys get incinerated? Um, die? No, I can sit through that scene. It's, <laughs> it's, it's when um, Andy leaves. I just, I think hmm. um, it happened around a time when I think I was just graduating. And I think it, it, the way that it hit, it was just like, oh no, I'm actually growing up. Um, uh, just grown up. Yeah, that was 2012. Yeah, so it's just, it, I associate it with that. And I think that's what makes it more impactful. Like, I mean, the scene alone is it's really tear-jerking but at the same time like i i think for me personally that's why it upset me so much well there is also there is also that to to look forward to is that the thought that if toy story 3 was for they they explicitly made it about college i mean that uh 2012 was my senior year of high school like my first year of college actually um like they knew their audience where they were so maybe that extrapolates to now i don't i don't want I don't want to say an adult Toy Story because that sounds wrong on a number of levels, but <laughs> um, party, but Toy Story. <laughs> oh, oh God, um, no, but but that they would have something in there that they they would maybe tackle something hard. I mean, I don't know. I think like the existence, the the like. Now I'm just thinking of the Rick and Morty scene with the robot that has no purpose. Um, mm, that that's yeah. going to be the toys. <laughs> oh, I mean, goodness. it might be. Uh, might be an Emily situation. Mm. But will this movie have amiibo support? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Knowing um Disney and how much they like to profit off of things, yes. Sonic will be in two movies this year, <laughs> and neither of them will be Sonic movies. <laughs> oh goodness. Or yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't make the toys too realistic. Oh god, hopefully. Like, I mean the whole point why they did toys for Toy Story. Um, was because like they're they're fairly simple and back then the technology wasn't too great for 3D animation so um, and even it was a bit of a stretch for them to do a Bugs Life a few a few years later so I mean in 2010 when they did a Toy Story or a Toy Story three I thought that um, I, I think it had reached a point where I was pretty satisfied but like when I was watching that first trailer like the dinosaur and and just like some of the textures look very 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 realistic and. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like the simplicity of it and the the lack of detail can sometimes be a, a bit charming. Yeah. Eh, I like I like how good it looks. I am <laughs> um, how far they've come in their animation, though. Like I, I usually when a new Toy Story comes out, I usually go back and watch the older ones um, right. before the new one, and it's just it's mind blowing just to see how much. And almost it's been like eight years since three came out, so. Right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much eight years of a difference makes in the animation world. Like, I mean, I, I hope the people look better because, I mean, you can tell the difference between <laughs> like between Andy and Toy Story three and then the people in the first Toy Story. But like the, the toys themselves, I, I hope just, you know, don't get too complex. Or, or sit in Toy Story one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, goodness. Mm. Oh, God, Sid, that kid was weird looking. <laughs> I hope we get to meet Andy's dad. Oh yeah. Oh. Ooh, that would be good. Oh, Peep was taken by Andy's dad, who's like been habitually stalking the family. <laughs> Andy's dad is that um, 
that toy store dude. <laughs> Wayne Knight. <laughs> the owl dude. Newman. <laughs> God. Andy's dad still... is actually Lotso. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I would still love I mean, I don't know, this might be the stupidest idea, but given like Wreck It Ralph sequel, um, I would still love a Pixar movie where it was just like a dumb crossover between all the Pixar stuff. Just all the all the main characters for no, for like I don't know for whatever reason you can give it any reason make it a okay KO crossover Pixar, Pixar Avengers characters. Infinity War then <laughs> <laughs> they kill off all the characters at the end the, um, that would be an interesting thing to you know how they usually do the um I I don't know if they do this in the other Pixar movies but I know in Toy Story they usually do the um blooper reel um oh, yeah. animate little uh... bloopers it'd be interesting if they could bring in characters for like a crossover in that because i know they're very like self-aware in those bloopers they did in the ones for i think toy story 2 with the bugs life characters oh uh, they stopped doing those bloopers unfortunately i think after oh, monsters inc but um Boo. but you know i don't i don't know that's that's maybe for just a short or something like i'm not saying we need a whole movie about that but just like I, it would be very interesting to see these very iconic characters clash honestly you could justify it any way you want you could literally have every other movie be fictional and the toy story characters run into toys of them that i think that's the easiest also, way you could potentially for toy do story it. 4 let's get a good short this time around because that olaf short before coco was not okay <laughs> olaf short. i don't think i saw that because I, I didn't olaf see it either adventure it was not good oh no no you yeah. mean the frozen oh god oh, no oh oh boy yeah. It got pulled yeah, from, some, um, from some so, theaters. It was that bad. Yeah, it was like 20 minutes. It was a, it was a special for ABC. And then they were like, lol, let's put it in front. God, <laughs> uh, the the uh, one before The Incredibles 2, I think its name was like Bayow or something. That one was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed Bayow. Good. All right. And speaking of eating your children, Detective Pikachu. How does that cross over into that? I am concerned as to what you think Pokemon is. There has to be a Pokemon in the wild that eats their young. I mean, there, there's animals that do it. Humans do it. I mean, you're not wrong, but why? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Sorry, I just watched the version of this trailer with, uh, with Frank Reynolds from Always Sunny in it, so... <laughs> You know, um, no. Uh, so Detective Pikachu is is a thing that's actually happening. The first Pokemon movie that's not, you know, based on the anime. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited for it. Um, oh, I'm, I'm so hyped. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> a lot of people are kind of upset with the uh, the, the art direction that they took. And oh. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I love it. I love the thing about Pikachu is that he, he does look weird in still form. Like you see his face on the thumbnail of the trailer and you're like, ooh. But in the movie, he looks fine. Like in motion, he's fine. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean Yes, monsters. I I Jiggly I will say some of the Pokemon look decent. I don't think Jigglypuff looks that good. Um Oh really? <laughs> yeah, but but besides that, I mean it's just why is it that of all of the Pokemon movies that could have been made, we have one about Pikachu being voiced by Ryan Reynolds being a detective because that was the that was their best Why game not? in the whole oh in the whole God. franchise. They adapted the best game, <laughs> the one that sold the best. Um, uh... because we need to get away from Ash. That's that's the truth. The truth is that if like I, I, that's what I think. I, honestly, I think that if if they go any other direction, they'd be tempted to to throw Ash in there and make it like 
super stupid. How about red? <laughs> I think more so mm. like the Ash thing, yeah. But I think also this movie is is a way to get people who aren't Pokemon fans into watching because you could watch Detective Pikachu and not know anything about Pokemon and it will make sense to you. Like if you were to watch um, a Pokemon movie about training Pokemon, people would be like, but why though? And there would be like a lot of unanswered questions. With this, it's just like a detective movie with a bunch of cute monsters. So they're probably helping right. attract people. In. I mean, in all fairness, in those animated Pokemon movies, they did have like that two minute thing at the beginning where they they did the world of pokemon and they just kind of explained everything real quick well i th I think more importantly is what, what how do you portray a, a whole pokemon adventure in i mean across the region in 90 minutes i mean you like can't. think think about pokemon um was it origins when they did that mini series of like five episodes they skipped over like six gyms yeah well that's like why they montage that type of story in a movie it's no, just it's, too long it's Right. But so you answered... said they could do like a tournament or just like a like an offhand adventure that, that has some. This sort is of an offhand adventure. <laughs> what? I don't, it's in like an I'm alternate dimension. I'm trying to understand your though. complaint. Say what? it again. Why does Pikachu talk? <laughs> what? <laughs> he talks so... in that one movie. Oh no, we don't. We don't talk about that. He's um... like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire theater just goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, let's retell the origin story of Ash, but let's make one small change. Yeah, and let, let's <laughs> get rid you... of Misty and Brock. It's, yeah. The um, of everybody reacting to it is still the funniest thing. Oh, yeah. In, like, in the theater. <laughs> People <laughs> freaking out. Um, no, like, I... I'll... I'll I, I just, like, don't get me wrong. I would love to see a Pokemon movie that was explicitly, like, about battling or something that's based... Like, honestly, you don't even need to do the gyms. You do the story of Team Rocket and... I don't know, make Looker the protagonist or something. Like, you don't, they don't have to do, I, I don't think doing, like, all the gyms would make sense. I think that's too big, um, unless they want to do, like, a trilogy. But I also think that the story is a little bit, like, done. Like, everyone knows the story of Kanto and Gen 1 and everything. Like, Giovanni ain't no twist anymore. <laughs> like, you you know, what what would that movie be like? Would it just be predictable? Like I mean, I, I from what I can tell, the Detective Pikachu um, movie does not follow the game. Other than that, it's a talking Pikachu. Uh, I think it just follows the concept, and that's it. Like not the story mm -hmm. or anything. I mean, even then, I don't think what most people know the story of Detective Pikachu just because uh, one of their what better I, games. Well, from what I hear, it's a little bit uh, childish in terms of its like, puzzles and too. stuff, yeah. which is fi that's fine, but it's not. You know, I'm not right. going to get general audiences. I mean, I'll stay optimistic. I'll probably watch the movie. It's just like, how far can yep. they extrapolate the concept of Pokemon? But that's the that's the whole thing. That's what excites me about this is that I don't I don't need to see a version of the game in in movie form. Honestly, if I wanted to see that, um, Pokemon Origins, like I would just want to see more of Origins. I think animation animation would probably be the best medium for that. Um, I like the fact that they're extrapolating on just the world of Pokemon. It, it's a very like, it's a universe that has a lot to draw on, and yet we still have seen very little of it. Like, you know, we've seen the games, and we've seen Ash's million-episode story, but, but like, this, this this detective, what's a detective like in the Pokemon world? I mean, aside from Looker, I guess. It's like that, too, <laughs> but we also get to see, like, the way people in Pokemon actually interact more so than, um, you know, in day-to-day -day lives, because most of the times when there's movies, there's usually either a legendary is messing things up, um, uh, always and, a legendary. Yeah, and, and Ash needs to go and fix it. 
or and Jesse and James are there sometimes to do literally nothing. <laughs> right. To only just say we're blasting off again because you need to yep. have that in there. Um, and it's just we usually only see battles or that's about it. We don't really see like how people who aren't trainers interact with their Pokemon that all that much. Um, so this kind of gives that opportunity since the guy is not a trainer, at least um we don't he's not a trainer at the start mm -mm. of it. He probably will become a trainer by the end. But anyways we we it, this just opens up the world so now we can see more and they have a chance to build upon it without having to cram everything in about being mm -hmm. right and and here's the thing um i mean i heard speculation and this makes sense to me that this <laughs> warner brothers failed with the dc universe so now they're gonna do the pokemon universe oh, and God. i think i think that's a beautiful idea and i think that if this is the start of a franchise of live action uh cg pokemon films this is a great way to do it. Instead of trying to rush, like, you know, like, let's do Kanto. Let's do this big story. Let's try to, like, cram all these Pokemon and all these legendaries. Let's try to, you know, make something big and huge. And instead, they're going, like, the Iron Man route of, like, well, you know, I mean, they're still taking Pikachu. I'm not going to say they're taking a lesser-known Pokemon, but they're taking a lesser-known adventure, let's say, instead of trying to... It's it's a it's more of a risk, which I think means that they have more to lose, and so they're going to put more effort into it than if they had just said, "Let's slap together some story about Team Rocket," um, you know, in Gen One, and and a trainer named Red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I I like that idea. I like that they're they're looking deeper into the world of Pokemon. It's just I I wish that they had picked a different vessel to do that than through having Pikachu be a detective. It's like, what are we going to get next? Like, sandwich artist Alakazam? <laughs> what's, what, but what about it is off-putting? I mean, detective is... Why is, is... Pikachu a detective? Why does Pikachu speak? That'll probably be because... explained to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, because, because the, the movie wants to make him a co-star. Pikachu is supposed not... to be a Pokemon that electrocutes things. But what do, you, what do you want? Do you want him to be like Pika Pika? That is so obnoxious. Well, that's why I'm saying they should probably For come up with a years. better idea. <laughs> but but of what? If if the Pokemon can't talk, then how? They could have done yeah. a Lucario. Lucario's been shown to talk. Wobbuffet. Lucario's overrated. Um, I mean, it also... So many people mad by saying that. Oh, yeah. He is overrated, man. Take him out of Smash. Everyone's here except for Lucario. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually mean that. Lucario's fine in Smash. We got Incineroar um, too now. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, no, I mean, um, I, but I don't know. That I, I'm interested. What, like, you just you don't think that? I mean, we've seen, we've literally seen detectives in the Pokemon world. Like, yeah. Looker is a recurring. I, I mean, Looker's in more games than mo most characters. It would be heinous of me to also say that it's ridiculous because the, the concept of Pokemon in itself is kind of crazy, but. But yeah, I'll I'll be optimistic about it. I mean, I think I think it's to give, it's to give a Pokemon a star billing instead of just being, here's a human on human adventures, and also he has this animal that can fight things. I think to to now I don't know where that leads us going forward. I mean, there's there's Pokemon that could reasonably talk by psychic abilities or, or communicate. I mean, literally in the anime, Meowth could talk. There's no reason. I mean, they give a reason in the anime, but there's no reason like within the lore of Pokemon before it, that makes any sense why Meowth could talk. It's just because they wanted to make a Pokemon to have more personality. Um, and sure, you can do you can do nonverbal storytelling, but th this really kind of right. like brings it out. This is a kid's out. movie. 
I'm just, right. I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at it too. from the view of like, what if there was a movie completely unrelated to Pokemon, where there's a rat that has that's voiced by Ryan Reynolds but, comes but in and why is just would like, you I'm a detective. I'm, I'm gonna why would... solve some mysteries. <laughs> oh, kind of like if there was like a rat that was like, I don't know, wanted to be a chef and and teamed up with a guy to, <laughs> to cook. I knew it. Yeah, Home of slice course. Running. <laughs> I would I would say in the argument to that the humans couldn't actually understand them. They were just talking amongst themselves, which humans right. actually I mean animals actually do have their own languages in monsters defense. That is true. That is true. Uh, but I'm just saying they they want they want to make Pikachu a star of the film, which I think makes sense. And I having Pikachu talk but no one else hear him I, I think would kind of be lame. Mm-hmm. It would um, be like a Dr. Doolittle situation or something like that. Maybe the guy's just insane. Maybe Pikachu isn't talking. Have you ever thought about that? Our protagonist is like suffering from severe schizophrenia. Well, don't they reveal in the trailer that um, that the main character is the only one that can understand him? Correct. They do. That's mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I'm saying it might be like a Dr. Doolittle situation. Right. But it's just it's exciting to get a Pokemon story that isn't. I mean, for all we know, a legendary could be involved, but at least nothing in the promo material shows that it's going to be like sticking Giratina messing with people um, <laughs> or something. No, um, this is it's actually Darkrai, and Darkrai has subdued oh, this kid into like nightmare, and that's what this is. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see a, a movie that's like lore accurate to Darkrai. <laughs> oh, Watch goodness. it actually be Ash and Ash. Oh wakes up and that was his nightmare they gotta put him in there somewhere well, are we gonna talk about the trailer at all first of all first of all <laughs> um <laughs> hold up all right because here's the thing right there was a smash trailer earlier this week or last week which has no music in it just uncannily it's a great trailer it's got no music and people were like wouldn't it be great if they put the you know me and you and you and me the one from the original smash <laughs> commercial and some people did that put it over it and it was great and it worked but like here later in the week the detective pikachu trailer comes out with that music literally it's the music from the smash and i know it's an actual song i just don't know the name of song um i thought that was beautiful like hey we're gonna give these guys what they want but not in something that they were expecting like i like to imagine like they were like they had some other song queued up maybe they had the song from the toy story trailer queued up and they're like oh uh oh we can't we gotta change this last minute uh what was what song would go good here People really wanted this song in the Smash trailer. All right, get the rights. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about the look of the Pokemon. I mean, I, I I like that it's not cartoony. Like, I like it. it it's there's st- the character. They're, they're still bright. It's not like we're in like, you know, super edge mode where all the characters have to be like heavily shaded and like like hyper realistic. But I feel like they've reached that, like, like Pikachu is furry, like he's fuzzy, which yeah. makes sense. I like he should be. Him. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and listen, Mr. Mime is creepy, though. Yes, but Mr. Mime is supposed to be creepy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Monsters, what do you have against Ryan Reynolds? No, I love Ryan Reynolds. It's just like him voicing Pikachu. Like those just those two things don't really fit right in my in my mind. Well, I think I think he has it's a just voice like, that he's doing like the the whole Deadpool thing, but it's like PG. Hmm. Well, I think he has a voice that sounds sounds like kind of like a child friendly mascot character, but like there's a, like a little bit of adult in him. 
Like I, I don't know. I mean, in the original game, uh, Detective Pikachu is he, he speaks very gruffly, which is like a joke in and of itself because it's Pikachu. <laughs> um, uh, and so people wanted people wanted um, Danny DeVito to voice him, or or even just like he hmm? was originally supposed to. I'm pretty sure, but Danny DeVito was like, I don't do this. <laughs> he he was never. Uh, it was just people signed petitions and really oh, really okay. wanted it. Um, I don't think he was ever officially involved, but he said like no at a Q and A. He said that he wasn't involved. Like he didn't he didn't necessarily turn anything yeah, I down. Mean, but I, I don't deny that Ryan Reynolds has an animated voice because he definitely does. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Dead Chew. <laughs> All right. Well, how about how about this then, monsters? If Detective Pikachu is a success, what what would what story would you like to see from the Pokemon world? You put me on the spot. <laughs> well, um. I need a second. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't do it better, then shut up. Uh, <laughs> it's an argument that I'm not using, but I'm 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 just curious as to, to try to use as a barometer of what what monsters would like to see in a in a Pokemon film. You see, like I feel like um I feel like maybe like a detective like film noir type thing would be cool, but it I don't think it could be as um as fun and happy like i I think it have to i'm not saying it should be mature but i think it should be a bit more uh, less on the lighthearted tone and also like again i i I don't know how many pokemon i'd have speak (laughs) but i mean here's the thing i i do think that this is an intro movie into a wider franchise and even if it's not it like I don't know, just just not having it be this like the best of the best trainers in this ultimate battle, but instead being just like a guy and his partner Pikachu um, just just wandering through town, like encountering Pokemon left and right, just in their like natural, not natural environment, but in their symbiotic with human environment, I feel like is going to lead to a lot of really great like surprises in terms of what Pokemon are going to show up where. I mean, we see Charizard, like we know there's going to be battling in it. It's not like you know, like if it was Pokemon without battling, I think that'd be weird. But no, I, I, I'm very much on board with this. It could turn out to be a heaping dumpster fire. Totally admit. Then we can meme it, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Oh man. But the trailer doesn't really give any indication. It it just seems like there's Pokemon missing, and Detective Pikachu and and new guy in town are uh, they're on the case. Yeah, it basically seems like all they're going to reveal for right now. I hope there's a Sableye in it. That's that's what I'm pushing for. A realistic Sableye would be cool. I'm hoping for Raichu, but I highly doubt that it's going to be in there. So, mm. I mean, actually, you know what? I feel like if anything, since monsters couldn't come up with an answer, um, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe like a Lola would be a because that that game's got gen uh seven's got a lot of story they're big on their story it does i mean i i enjoyed the story in that one but Mm. um (laughs) no but but that would be a that'd be an interesting one and especially because it's got a big kanto influence because like i don't i think with like let's go pikachu and eevee i don't think they can make a movie that's just like kanto like i think all kantoed out yeah maybe they could do like a pokemon safari you mean Pokemon Snap? <laughs> Pokemon Safari? 
Yeah, like so. You remember in in uh in like the original Pokemon games, or maybe it was like Fire Red and Leaf Green Safari Park. Yeah, and then like you could go get those. Uh... <laughs> you want it to be Jurassic Park with Pokemon? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Uh, that that tyrants? would be pretty cool. You can't deny it. All right. Well, that's to be fair. There's a whole classification called fossil Pokemon, so oh, that's maybe. True. Yeah, Tyrantrum. That'd be a cool one. I love Ty Tyrantrum. He's my favorite. Yeah, he was one of the more original uh, Unova guys. But I mean, I don't. You just remake all genres, but with Pokemon. Re really, they could. Uh, I don't think that For would be the know, greatest. Detective of ideas. Pikachu could be like a like a loose remake of uh, already existing detective movie. Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a Victor Laszlo. Movie. I don't think <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know. I'm the Godfather, Trump. but Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's Giovanni. That's not. I'm gonna that's make not him too far off. He's got the he's got the Persian on his lap. <laughs> oh my god! That'd be awesome. Uh, are we gonna get uh, Spinnerack Man? <laughs> Maybe. Oh God! Oh my uh, gosh! Wow! All right. Well, we got we got to a place here. <laughs> we did. I'm glad I'm glad we led with the Stanley information because I don't know that we could have transitioned. Uh, so, on to our Thanksgiving content for this week. <laughs> uh, from a person I forgot to credit on the document. So give me one second. This is a good reminder that the recast has a Discord server. And if you'd like to leave us questions or suggestions of what we should cover or uh, news articles or anything like that, uh, all that is on our Discord. So this one is from Croc Ravenger. Uh, he says, here's a good Thanksgiving question. If you could have any character from an animated show or movie be put in as a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, who would it be and why? That's a good question. Like, that. that's a legitimately interesting question so thanks to you man yeah that is a really good question i wouldn't have thought of that mm -hmm. um i i want bojack horseman especially after the last <laughs> season because there's a bojack balloon be awesome is it is it bad that when i initially when i'm thinking of this question i want to think of like a character that's like really like obtusely shaped so it would just be awful for the people to have to that's that's probably not a great way to think. No, I mean I I think Bojack would be cool and hilariously like not appropriate. <laughs> like okay. like I don't know, he'd have like booze in his hands or something. Um Uh for me, I'm trying to think obviously be something from Steven Universe. Mm. I'm thinking either pumpkin or lion because usually mm. animal mascots do really good at the parade. Um and, and Pearl's nose would pop the other balloon, so that's just out. I was actually just about to say that. I love <laughs> a pearl balloon or like a crystal gem set balloon, but here's the thing. Everything that's humanoid from that show, like any type of merchandise or anything, always comes out extremely cursed. Like it, mm -hmm. it looks like the thing from Nightmares. So that's well, you, why. <laughs> you know Pearl's nose would be like half deflated because like that's because it's like a small crease and like I, I don't know. I don't know much about ballooning, but... They can't always fill, like, the yeah. extremities. They do what they do on the toys and just make it, like, a tiny little thing, but that would make her look really weird. I kind of I kind of also want to see Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! Just, <laughs> just to see how they do the hair. I mean, they, <laughs> they, no. they're doing Goku this year. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. What's your pick, Monsters? 
Uh, I have two. So either um, Mr. Fugu from Chowder, just because that just makes so much sense. If you don't remember Mr. Fugu, he was he was the the balloon that was like oh, ho, 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 and he had like the toupee, and he was the one that got carried around with that cat, Fagwa, or Fagra, yeah. So either Mr. Fugu, or um, the hobo from Anatomy Park on Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how funny that would be? Oddly specific, but that is funny. Well, yeah. yeah, but do you know why? He's a dead homeless person with a theme park inside him. Yeah, that's naked, and he's just, <laughs> it's just oh, facing God. downwards, towering over everybody. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. <laughs> All right. Um, but that was a good question. Thank you for asking it. All right. <laughs> Man, our Thanksgiving parade would be weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So uh, next week, I, I feel like this is like Thanksgiving-y. It's not. But next week, we have a very interesting comparison. We have the Lion King and the Lion King one and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the week after that, oh, get ready for this one, guys. We're, we're, we're going to go there. All right. We are going to do... a. Uh, so we're going to be in December. It's crazy to think that, but in two weeks we are in December. So we're going to be doing uh, all holiday episodes all December long, uh, including like after Christmas, December, because uh, this this just so happens to shake out that there's five weeks in December this this time, or five Sundays anyway. So uh, <laughs> so we're going to do a Charlie Brown Christmas, and it's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown, which is um, it came out I think. Let me look at the Wikipedia page here. Was it the 80s, I think? The first like, one? No. No. Oh, yeah, 85. One? Or sorry. The ne- yeah. Um, it aired in 92. Okay, yeah. It, it aired in 92. So literally like a 50-year gap or a 40-year gap, 37-year gap. But yeah, no, we're, we're going to be covering like the most sacred of sacred cows of Christmas specials. And then, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown. But that just sounds like, sounds like they're gonna try really hard. Yeah. I don't know. We wanted to do this because um, I wanted to take a look at the original Charlie Brown Christmas and kind of look at it under a critical eye because I don't know that. I don't want to say I don't know that anyone's ever done that because I'm sure people have, but just that's not a that's not a very popular thing to do. It's it's. That's that's a sacred Christmas special and you watch it every year and you enjoy it. Gosh darn it. You don't think <laughs> about it at all ever. Um Just but no, I think there's concept. Right. Uh but I think there's some some real interesting stuff to actually discuss and look critically at and I think it'll be interesting to see how how one attempts to follow that up like 30 40 years later. I think that's a that's a really interesting discussion. All right. So, with that Stefan Universidad. <laughs> that that's one way to put it. Yeah, that's that's Spanish uh, Spanish language Steven Universe. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's right. But um so <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't taken Spanish in like 10 years. Uh Oh no, it's uh what he calls himself Esteban. Oh yeah, yeah. He does, he says it himself in in when they're 
trying to escape Homeworld. They're trying to get into home. No, they're trying to get into the zoo. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about the two episodes, um, Keystone Motel and Mr. Greg. Now, as is recast tradition, someone on our Discord said, well, why'd you pick these episodes? And I'm just going to say, you know, it's an episode that has Stephen Greg and a gem, both of them. Uh, they go to another state to get away from things. The gem struggles with her... My cat struggles with something in the background. <laughs> Sadie, what are you doing? Don't knock over the Rice Krispies. Goodness. Um, no, but the Stephen, Greg, and a gem go to another state to get away from things. The gem struggles with her, what her big season one reveal and core character relationship thing is. Uh, Stephen helps the gem talk things out. There's also a table that gets broken. And on top of that, both episodes show Greg at different extremes from being so poor that he has to go to another state to buy, like, these these parts from a sketchy guy at night to filthy stinking rich. Also, both episodes are right next to an episode about the Onion household. I think they're similar episodes. Yeah, I mean they both deal with similar ideas for sure. I mean here's here's the thing. Uh, I would have done like full disclosure and Dewey wins, but I already talked about that. Uh, and I would have also maybe done like the Return and Jailbreak and Reunited, but Leia and I already talked about that. So. You know, we're going with this. And also, Gemcation, although is another episode with Vacation and Greg, doesn't follow in any of the traditions at all. And I also talked about it. So anyway, <laughs> we're going with these episodes now. Monsters, what episodes have you seen before these two? I've seen like, Say the Uncle. first two. <laughs> right. Um, I've seen the pilot, which I don't even know if you'd consider that a part <laughs> of the series. It's not canon. Yeah. It's not canon. And Neither then... of those episodes are canon. <laughs> and then I've I've seen the one they're on like some sort of bar boardwalk and there's like an arcade and someone attacks meet beat mania episode that's that one yeah that is old <laughs> also an episode that's kind of not entirely canon kind of like we never really found out what was up with garnet it's true yeah <laughs> sounds like i've had quite the dilemma I was uh, yeah that, but <laughs> be too long to explain so yeah mm, mm. anyway uh so we're going to have monsters explain both of these episodes before we get to talking about them. So monsters, what, what do you think is happening in Keystone motel? So do you just want me to explain like what happens in the episode? What do you think is going on? So yeah, Greg has to buy this part in, uh, in Keystone. So he basically takes along Steven and Garnet, uh, to go there and they stay at this motel um, and while Greg's off doing his thing, um, Garnet and Steven are alone, and then she, what's the term, de defuses? She explodes. Explodes is the technical term. Explodes into, uh, Ruby and Sapphire, okay? <laughs> yes. And Sapphire is very chill, no pun intended, <laughs> and then Ruby's also very heated, no okay. pun intended. I uh, got that. Um, now what I are don't they fighting know, about? I don't know, but <laughs> but but Ruby's very angry, and Sapphire is just chill about it and is trying to ignore it. And then they they make up by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got. And then they they get all lovey dovey, and then they go back, and then and then Ruby and Sapphire fuse back into Garnet. Why was Garnet? What was going on at the beginning of the episode? The very beginning? I don't know. Pearl was like, "Oh, she's she's talking to me again." But like, <laughs> I don't know why. 
What's going this episode, on? This episode is, is uh, one in a series called the, the Sardonyx Bomb. Uh, and basically, Monsters, what happened was, um, so Garnet is a fusion of Ruby and Sapphire. Mm-hmm. And so she takes fusion very uh, like highly. Fusion is a metaphor for a number of things on the show. But in general, it's like a relationship. Um, not necessarily romantic, but just like a close relationship, a close bond. You do it and you become more powerful, but you also basically become like another person. Um, right. So in order to, to to accomplish a task, Pearl fused with Garnet and Pearl enjoyed fusing with Garnet. I'm not, I don't know if I'm explaining this in a way that's child friendly, but um, they, they, they fused the Pearl. Power that came with it. Sure. Um, Pearl got addicted to fusing and basically made up excuses to fuse with them. Garnet found out and was betrayed. And then the two parts of Garnet, Ruby is emotional. She's hot headed, obviously. Uh, she's an eternal flame baby, uh, emphasis on baby, but um, Sapphire can see the future. So things are not a big deal to her because she knows that ultimately, like, they have to make up with Pearl. Pearl is going to, like, make it up to them. Like, she she basically knows what's going to happen. And so she doesn't see a point in being angry in the moment. But in doing that, she dismisses Ruby's feelings, which are obviously not good. They're also in a relationship. <laughs> that That one is a metaphor for a relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got oh, all goodness. of that. All right. So in five seconds or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um Keystone Must Tell is an underrated episode. Oh yeah. I mean I like, I thoroughly enjoy that episode. I think it was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's easy to forget, but it it is the second time Ruby and Sapphire appear after Jailbreak. And Jailbreak, they're not they're not in it like they're not the focus the the big reveal is the focus and then they fuse like we don't get to see them like much of them this is this is the first episode that's focused on them it's also um an episode where i mean i guess greg doesn't help um as much as steven does with the issue but it's also another uh, another issue that greg helps with and that's always an interesting thing to see because Greg is always the one that's looking up to the gems, but in reality, the gems should probably be looking up to him a little bit because he handles mm-hmm. things a lot better than they do. Who's the character who has who's had the most successful relationship on the show? Greg Universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, I like I I and and that there's that like novelty of it. I mean, even still, even now, yes, we've had we've had a handful more episodes with Ruby and Sapphire, but. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this one might be my favorite of the Ruby and Sapphire episodes, if you don't include, like, Jailbreak and Reunited. Um, Like, I know a lot of people find them cute and hit the diamond, and they are certainly cute, but I I also kind of find them in that episode in general insufferable. And then, (laughs) um, they're cute in the answer, but that story is not the most interesting, I would say. Um, It's more like explains how they got together, basically. Right, right. But yeah, I, I I find the dynamic of Sapphire not valuing feelings because like she just knows where things are going to end up to be really interesting because it's like you you, you understand both of their perspectives because Ruby doesn't know that everything's going to work out and Ruby can't help feeling what she feels like. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um. It's, I just really love the dynamic that they have. And since it is this, the second episode that we see them in, 
uh, we don't really know too much about them. Right, they're this mystery. They exist. And, and the episode very slowly kind of goes over their powers. We saw we saw Ruby's super, uh, sorry, Sapphire's super speed in in Jailbreak, but we didn't see any of the rest. Of, like, it was speculated that, you know, fire and ice, but, like, none of that is actually shown in Jailbreak. This is, we see their elemental powers. We see Ruby's gauntlet, which was, that was the confirmed that their their gauntlets as Garnet are just a version of their individual gauntlets, or at least Ruby's. Um, we we see uh, Sapphire can levitate. Like we see, uh, I mean, we knew about future vision, but but uh, this is what confirms that it was Sapphire's. It's kind of hinted at when Sapphire can kind of tell where Ruby is. Um, but like I don't know, the episode kind of cleverly slowly goes through their powers without without being like obvious or like roll call about it you know what i mean it just kind of exhibits all their powers and i also think that this was like one of the perfect situations to further introduce them because um jailbreak like they we were introduced to them quote unquote but we weren't really introduced to them as characters we just kind of were introduced to them as like oh yeah Com these two exist and they were components was, of garnet and they didn't have their own identities at that point um, and putting them in a situation where be at their highest, I think, was the perfect situation to get to know them better because we know what their extreme emotions and reactions to things are. It just gives us a better sense of what the character is. And I also I find that they're they're a refreshing take on a relationship because it'd be very easy to fall into the trap with Garnet of making like, well, she's just ultimate love. So her components, her her the relationship never fights, never argues. They're perfect. Exactly. But like the episode shows that they they still get in arguments, but it still also shows that like arguments are no, their their love trumps all. Um, and I mean, you know, we we see in the especially in the more most recent episodes that there you know there is complications and things that go along with that. But this this was this could have just been a schmaltzy like yeah, Ruby and Sapphire are perfect. But no, it it, it kind of gets into it, and and Ruby doesn't hold back, and Sapphire doesn't hold back. They're they're both pretty brutal with each other, but you know, I I don't think it's really that. It, it could feel cheap in the ending of how easy they forgive each other, but it doesn't when you kind of know how much they love each other, and that their argument wasn't almost it like it it almost wasn't personal. It was just like they they have their conflicting view of things, and it's not that like it's not that Sapphire like thought that what Pearl did was right or anything. Like, they both agreed that it was wrong, and they're both upset. It's just Sapphire doesn't think there's a point in in harboring that upsetness, and Ruby feels like she needs to get it out. Right, they're both disagreeing about um, how to deal with the situation. Right, right. They're not being, they're not being there for each other. Like, Ruby, Ruby ultimately kind of, like, runs away and would rather just just blow off steam then actually kind of talk through it with sapphire and likewise sapphire is not not really open to talking her she's just like well in the future everything's better <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i guess i guess putting it i, I kind of like it, i feel like sapphire is more wrong here than ruby if that makes any sense like what do you i don't know what do you guys think I mean, I would say, yeah, just because um, she's too focused on what the future is going to be, and she's not focusing on the pain that her partner's going through at the time. Um, right. and she's also not taking the time 
hurt her because she was obviously hurt by it too. She was just like, yeah, whatever, it's going to fix itself. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't make her hurt go away. It just reassures her that the situation is going to get better. So I do think that she was wrong in this situation because they do need to acknowledge that it was something that happened. And they do need to take time to acknowledge what their feelings on the situation is. Otherwise, it's not going to get better. Right. The future doesn't get here just because it gets here it, it's still just because she can see it doesn't mean they aren't doing things to work towards that future exactly. like we you know i mean they they even even at that point in the series we've had two episodes about future vision and we kind of know enough to know that although she can see that things are gonna be all right she she doesn't know how this particular argument between ruby and sapphire are gonna end she doesn't know you know she probably didn't know exactly how pearl was gonna make it up to them but <laughs> I was thinking it's like it's like maybe the uh when do we start worrying? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. It's time um, to start worrying. Monsters, what did you think about not not knowing anything just kind of anything? Like what did you think about this episode? And you could be honest, like if you didn't like it or you feel like you just didn't have enough context to enjoy any of it, um feel free to say. I liked it. Um, I mean, you're definitely right about not having a lot of context and and not, (laughs) I felt like maybe I didn't receive the full potential of what the episode had to offer just because some of the time I didn't exactly know what was going on. Mm. Um, I mean, it invoked some parts invoked a sense of nostalgia for me because besides the whole, um, Ruby and Sapphire bickering, but even during some of that, um, it's just Steven trying to you know, and enjoy his, his trip to this motel. <laughs> and like, they have all of these different um, isms that you would find at a hotel or, or at a motel, like bed bugs or, uh, you know, <laughs> getting used to the wrong channels. And I don't know. I just thought that that aspect was really charming. Right. That's, that's in both the episodes that there's, the, there's like the plot and stuff. And then there's like, they chose interesting settings instead of just like real, really this, this argument could have happened at, at home. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't need to set the the set it at the motel, but the motel's nice, especially not only because you have that other element in there, but just because it 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 gives like Ruby an excuse to burn up the pool. Like that's just kind of like a cool show off <laughs> of her powers. Yeah, that was funny. Um, he was like, "Yeah, she's pacing around in what used to be the pool, <laughs> right?" <laughs> and the square pizza. Uh, uh, yeah not gonna like it <laughs> that scene makes uh, me laugh every time too because greg just opens the door it's like that um it's it's even funnier because it's literally that scene where that guy walks in with the pizza and everything's on fire you're talking about from community i think so yeah but it's just really funny because she just opens the door and she goes he's not gonna like it and for some it's, reason it just it's so funny it's comedically timed perfectly well it's shot like it's out of a horror movie like he he just cracks the door and she's just motionless on the bed with all this ice around her like he's not gonna like it like she says it she says it so like like she's like a, a creepy twin in a hallway in the shining like <laughs> uh, um low snapping sound effect <laughs> I also I never caught this until this viewing. The diner they're at is literally called the greatest diner. Yep. <laughs> or what it's like the greatest diner in the country or the greatest diner in the world. Something like that. It's literally called that. And I'm like, oh, that's why he said that. Okay. Um <laughs> also how about Food. that imagery when when uh when they break the table and then you see like the the face with the eggs and then the frowny face with the bacon? Yeah. Oh, oh. so good. <laughs> he just Eternal. snatches the plate. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of like, well, first of all, like like you said at the beginning, Greg's advice and stuff. Like this is this is to me one of the best, like one of my favorite Greg appearances. I mean, it's not it's not really a Greg centric episode, but just everything he does in the episode from the beginning when there's like this horrible awkward tension between Garnet and Pearl, and Greg busts in, who wants to go on a road trip? <laughs> like. <laughs> It's just, it's just oh, like he like showed up at a wake and like, <laughs> and they look like someone died. <laughs> he does that, and then the just the if I'm not back in an hour, call the police. <laughs> Which, by the way, he doesn't take the crystal gem with him to his sketchy Craigslist meetup. <laughs> I want to see like a spinoff series of Greg adventures. Oh, if we didn't get Steven perspective, we could have cut away to that. Well, because there was something going on there. Because like they were like, did the deal go all right? And what did he? He's he's just like, well, it didn't turn out to be an axe murderer. It sounded like there was more to that sentence. Like like, well, what did he turn out to be, Greg? You got the stuff. Also, also after he gets abducted, he's like, that's like the second craziest weekend I've ever had. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what was the first? Um, and there's also like interesting implication we that we, we I mean, we kind of got a little bit of a payoff with in Ruby Rider of. Greg knows Ruby and Sapphire and knows they've gone through something like this before. He he not only like knows that they exist, knows them, and also knows of them enough to have seen them fighting before, which like interesting. Like when would Garnet have defused before Steven? Maybe hmm. like when I, they found out about Rose being pregnant. Uh, oh, and, and they it, argued about it. Yeah, just because they don't know um, where to go because they probably can't see the future on that either. Hmm. Hmm. I want my Greg flashback episode. I feel like we might get that just because we haven't really seen like when they find out about Steven. Um, and I, I do think that they did say they were going to cover that. So I do think that they might do it. That that It'll be interesting. That feels to me like a penultimate episode. Like, like, um, like the second to last episode is just an origin story of Steven. Oh gosh. Yeah. They're going to make everyone cry and tear their hearts. Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And then everyone dies in the finale. No, um, <laughs> Just, just Greg. Uh, Greg. No, but but back. <laughs> um, I love the yeah. I love the eternal flame baby line. I know. I don't know if it's an intentional joke or not. But just ever since I saw it on the Reddit, just that like, just instead of I'm an eternal flame comma baby, just I'm an eternal flame baby. Like because <laughs> she's acting like a baby. Um, and just the way she says that, she's trying to sound so cool, but she just sounds so lame. Because uh, she's trying her best. Um, also, just great. Like there was also another running joke about like that the week of sardonics where it's like Steven like every episode Steven sees something he's not supposed to because he sees he's, the next episode has him watching Onion's birth tape. So this one has him <laughs> seeing like Ruby and Sapphire getting real flirty. <laughs> uh, oh, also pro Steven. props to Greg for being cool to like pay for a table like nonchalantly like. He's just like, I would have been more upset. He, Greg's not even upset. Like he, like he comes back to the the motel as a wreck. Steven's like outside by himself. Like he could have been abducted or something. But Greg's like, Greg's chill. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, sorry, my uh, my red friend here smashed your table up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I want to know the context of that like Garnet eats sometimes thing. Like what? When, when did? When does Garnet eat? Probably when she's trying to awkwardly be social. <laughs> 
she's like fooled Greg into thinking that she was eating. She probably just held it in her mouth because she doesn't talk much. And Maybe then Garnet she to talk, it just falls out. Maybe Garnet put it in her mouth and then they defuse, and like the eggs just kind of like fall to fell to the side. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, just from the mouth, not like some weird half digested stomach horror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is a very funny episode. Very um, good, good character on on Ruby and Sapphire, and I, I think it's just kind of a good story. I mean, like honestly, you take away the the sardonics and you you just kind of frame it as any argument between a couple. And like, yes, Sapphire's future vision is like fantasy, but like, really, you don't need future vision to know that certain arguments are just kind of kind of fizzle themselves out, or certain 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 problems are going to end. Like, regardless of what happens, um, Have you know, to, depending on how important that person or thing is in your life. Right, right. So, you know, it could just be Sapphire knowing better, but I still do feel like Sapphire was a little more in the wrong. But but either way, I, I think both perspectives were, were interesting. And I, I thought like that's a, that's that was a great way to do kind of this realistic. Like, honestly, what <laughs> what sells two characters as a couple better than showing them arguing like a couple? <laughs> really? I mean, like, like, here's the thing. If you would put hit the diamond or their interactions and hit the diamond as their next appearance, um, or even, even the answer, I feel like it would be just kind of this almost too saccharine, but I feel like in having them have that argument and having them have be not, not literally a perfect relationship sells them so much more as actual fully fledged characters and not just like, like, like a, like a hollow, like see Garnet's made up of two other characters, but like all they ever do is talk about how much they love being Garnet. Like, because then they're not actually characters. It's true. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <clears throat> monsters. Yes. What happened to Mr. Greg? <laughs> so, this is a musical episode. Um, yeah. So, Greg receives this royalty check for, like, this hamburger song that he did a ways back. And he's suddenly rich. So, uh <laughs> It by means of song, Stephen convinces him to spend some of his money at a luxurious hotel in Empire City, and uh, Stephen takes along Pearl for a reason that's later explained, um, because Pearl and Greg always butt heads, and um, from watching it's, from watching its and bits of the episode, we need to talk, and also the uh, the song, what can I do for you? It's very clear that in the past. Um, Pearl had a thing for Rose Quartz, who's Steven's mom, and Greg, who's Steven's dad, obviously also had a, a thing going with her. Um, yes. <laughs> and Pearl had some sort of jealousy um, because, you know, Rose Quartz ultimately chose Greg. Um, and Steven, yet again, is stuck in the middle of this conflict. And, uh, and you know, they also make amends by the end of the episode. Yeah, that, that's accurate. Nothing in that is inaccurate although you're cheating if you saw if you saw parts wait you saw parts of we need to talk yeah the the song what can i do for you mm -hmm. good song yeah song but what isn't on steven universe <laughs> speaking of good songs it... yeah this episode has some good songs oh yes oh man this uh, has my favorite song in the whole series in it which one the, the hamburger song pepe's burgers <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that was not included on the soundtrack and i'm bummed anyway because the burgers are from pepe's <laughs> would you like a burger <laughs> Bye, <Pepe's> burgers. <laughs> i assume you're talking about um uh the balcony song 
yeah, the Pearl song. Oh yes, of course I am. What what other song would I be talking about if it wasn't one that Pearl sang? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, uh, that song. The first time I heard it, I was I was destroyed for like a few days, like emotionally. It's just such a good song. Yeah, nation that uh, goes with it is also stunning. There's no denying that. Yeah, that 360 shot is so good. Oh yeah, that's still like one of my favorite animated parts from the series it's just it's such a well articulated scene I, I i haven't seen like a rotational shot done that well in such a long time it's very mm-hmm. yeah it's very smooth i, I yeah, the, yeah I, I don't even know i don't know how much like effort goes into that it must must have been insane because it it i mean it takes up like a whole verse of the song like they don't just do like this one sweeping movement and then they're over it it's like that's <laughs> over it um <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like there's not a bad song in this like i joke about the pepe's burgers jingle but it's hilarious like um that's a song in the show from the second episode monsters um uh let me drive my van into your heart that <laughs> it was repurposed into this jingle uh also 10 out of 10 Mar- marty cameo <laughs> eating that burger hi you got the song wrong um Drive your van into your heart wasn't oh, the song it was based on. It, it was like a comet was the one it was based off of. From story for Stephen. Wow. All right. Before angry anyway. commenters get you. Thank you. Thank you. I try not to watch. Listen, I haven't watched Steven Universe in a while. I don't watch it in the off season. I try to pretend it doesn't exist to get me through the hiatus. That's legitimately. So I forget certain <laughs> details because I haven't watched the show in ages. Anyway. It's a better method um, than I have. No talking about hiatuses. No, we're, we'll be here all year. Um, but uh, but you know like the the Pepe's like that's such a such a silly way to in, intro such a great episode, but it, it works so fantastically. Um, and also they set up the the that Greg has the check and why, even though they they do that in the previous episode. Um, so it's not like one hundred percent out of the blue here because it would seem maybe a little like hackneyed to just kind of throw it in this episode. Greg's rich. Yeah, just uh, like, oh, by the way, Greg's a millionaire now, even though he was literally homeless and living in his van. Yep, still, 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 though. <laughs> <laughs> he chooses to at this point, though. That's true, that's true. Um, no, but, like, I, I I, honestly can't have a favorite song from this because um, it's over, isn't it? And then the the next song. Repraise for it is really oh yeah, and then both of you is also another both really of good you. song. Yes. Yeah. They're both very, very good emotional songs. Um that are so I, I don't they're just here's the thing. I I mean I, I talk about the whole like twenty two minutes, eleven minutes Steven Universe thing. Uh, I would prefer it if it was a longer show, but um for this eleven minutes, I don't think you could tell a better version of this story. Like I know people have issues with how kind of fast like it, it basically if you if you take away the musical elements and you boil it down it's basically Steven takes Pearl and Greg to to uh, a luxury hotel tells them to talk they talk and then everything's good like if you if you want to break it down and kind of boil it away all of the flourish that is what happens and that is I, I agree that is a little simplistic for how long um Pearl's issues have been built up with. And I mean, it is worth noting that, you know, making up with Greg does not mean that she's over her issues. Um, This was a big hurdle, but it's not over, isn't it? (laughs) Um, 
Uh, I'm not going to stop that. Uh, but no, but like, like I do, I do agree. It is a little simplistic, but for 11 minutes for like how they kind of flourish it up with the music, with what is said um, and, and the visuals that go along with it all. I think it just sells what is ultimately a very basic conclusion uh, just so beautifully that I, I couldn't, I, I don't have any suggestions for how in 11 minutes you could, you could do this story better personally i mean and yeah adding to that the fact that monsters pretty much on the nose got what was happening in the episode it pretty much proves that they explained everything that they needed to explain in that episode like you, mm-hmm. it's not like it's unclear about what happened you know what happened based on how pearl sings the lyrics to her song the visuals with her song um and and the repraise and just same time like the forgiveness the grief to the forgiveness to wanting to move on to actually attempting and starting to move on um it ju- it's just handled very well i think that the pacing this is one of the episodes that i honestly don't have a pacing problem with most of the the episodes i do this one's not one of them yeah um and i also like they do something i bring up when people talk about how it simply it is handled is that in the end Steven falls asleep in the car on the way home, which is, you know, nostalgic feelings. Um, But like he falls asleep on the way home and we see Pearl and Greg talk more. It's not like they literally had one conversation and then they're best buddies. Like they talked more. It's just it's 11 minutes. So you you can't, you know, like, I, I, I mean, as as interesting as it would be to see an episode that's nothing but like Greg and Pearl exchanging dialogue for 11 minutes i don't know that that's what the show is going for um you'd have to have steven like hiding in a, a potted plant in the corner or something <laughs> listening <laughs> um, yeah you, you can't do free churro on this show oh god no you can't um i don't know like i i i just think pearl and greg's dynamic can only get more interesting from here like it was interesting before just because there was so much tension between the two of them um well yeah it could only get more interesting because they don't follow this up with anything <laughs> That's true. Rip. Um, I don't know. I I just love that episode so much, um, especially since it the the word the meaning of the 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 lyrics change. Stephen does repeat "It's over, isn't it?" right before he falls asleep. So in Pearl's song, the meaning was her relationship with Rose is over, and she needs to realize that. Like part of her knows it, but she needs. She just can't let go. Yeah, exactly. She needs to accept that it's over. And that's the meaning of hers. It's over, isn't it? Because the feud between Greg and Pearl is done. So I think they still have some tension, but they're they're not on bad terms anymore. We'll put it that way. Um, right. And I, I, just, I just like how the meaning of the song is changed by the end of it. I just think it's it's such an emotional and moving song. And to be able to change it by the end, I think, is even more powerful. Mm-hmm. Well said. And, and I mean, in the backdrop, just, ha- like, again, l- much like Keystone Motel, this episode didn't need to happen there. It could have been, like, Greg is staying, you know, it's a storm, Greg's staying in, in the house for the weekend. So he's got to be around Pearl. Like, like, that could have been the setup. But to have it be let's really do it up and let's let's dress them in fancy clothes and let's make it a musical and let's bring them to to empire city let's let's make the stars be shimmering and all the colors be this warm beautiful purple and pink like they didn't have to do that 
but it enhances the the it sells everything it just sells it so much better again if you take if you take that away you take other things away it's just you know hey you guys should talk oh okay let's talk wow we solved things like but but that this is the power of like like atmosphere and setting and just things that are beyond dialogue yeah mm-hmm. i don't think that episode would have been nearly as good if it happened at the temple or somewhere in beach city right right it it really it feels special it feels very special um and yeah and i i also don't i don't think this episode well it could work as not a musical but like i i don't like okay like pearl pearl explaining her issue does not work unless it's a musical uh in part because of like steven perspective stuff but just like you can't just have her monologuing to herself about like oh i wish i could get over rose i can't get over like she sound like uh like Gollum, like oh the precious (laughs) (laughs) also like if i think if she tried explaining it she probably would have went into like all the semantics and everything and keep in mind at this point she wouldn't have been able to um I just think that her kind of just uh, reminiscing about everything that's happened um, and that, you know, this person who she was in love with and who was also in love with her at one point chose somebody else over her and they're not around anymore. And I I don't know. I just think it was only way that I could have explained it. Right. And I think ultimately, like, yes, the solution of you and you talk like it can lead to like that can be an underwhelming solution honestly steven loves that solution a lot and the show really overuses that with things like the cluster but um but in this yeah in this instance though i feel like really the whole the whole thing is just that pearl there's an anxiety there because pearl has treated greg not very kindly in part because of jealousy and honestly, Greg doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not angry. He's not angry at her. He takes her to this luxury resort, treats her all, you know, to, to fancy clothes and, and find all, all the stuff. And then when she sings about how much she's upset because Greg won, you know, the love of her life, Greg doesn't get angry. He walks out sad. Yeah, like, there's some real gut wrenchers, too. Even when when Greg is like, will you dance with me? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's he's genuinely it, hurt that he can't like spend time with her right and he doesn't it's not he's not like a he's not a nice guy tm where he's like well i didn't want to dance with you anyway no he's he's hurt because he because he's such a he's such a nice warm human and all he would ever need is for pearl to just talk to him and treat him with respect and he has no problem being friends with her and 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 commiserating they both lost someone they love and no one knows that better than each other you like how how sucky would it be to have the person who was basically second in command you know you know the person that that rose trusted everything with for for millennia for for thousands of years and she knows rose better than anyone else aside from you aside from greg and then she won't give him the time of day when when they both are hurting. Like, um, imagine how awful that would be. Yeah, because they don't, they li- quite literally don't have anyone else to relate to. Like, yeah, Amethyst and Garnet were close to Rose, but not at the level that those two were. So, and from what from what we see of their relationship, it's mostly Rose and Greg, like ice, like chilling on the beach. Like, sometimes the gems are there, but it's not like Greg has a robust amount of friends that are also with them. Like, no one else knows Rose, aside from the gems. Exactly. 
she's just like the mysterious pink lady that Greg is romantically involved with, basically. And I think that's I think that's one of the things that makes this episode fantastic is that it's if you don't know anything about the show, you can watch it and understand it and enjoy it. Um, and if you do know, the, the more you know about the show, the more. I don't want to be like, you know, oh, you can go deep in the lore, but like like <laughs> if the, the more you think about it and the more you think about the relationship these characters have had and what they've been through, it just kind of makes things just richer and deeper and more interesting and i mean i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say that this is the deepest thing i've ever seen but just <laughs> it, it doesn't but it doesn't try it's not trying to be that either i don't think it's trying to be like deeply profound no it's a no. story about but i've i've never seen uh, it, the, the, like the interesting thing about pearl is that it's not that she lost someone because she died it's that she lost someone romantically and then she died and then having to deal with both of those things in relatively short order that's 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 tough yeah because she i mean keep in mind she was used to being to people being chosen over her like she had somewhat gotten used to that yeah she was bitter about it um but you know she knew what to expect and i don't think it was really that bothered her because she's like yeah you know what greg is gonna die eventually and i'll have her back again um it was more so the fact that it was a finite thing and up happening event it ended it actually ended up happening like she lost her completely um and it should, I, I think it's something that probably came so suddenly to her um that she just it it shocked her like yeah it hurts that first off she's being chosen by a human which she didn't like humans at that point so i would assume it would sting even more um mm. but like it it just and then all of a sudden like she's having a baby and i'm sure that they're probably like wait what and then she tells them that she needs to die for it. and keep in mind like pearl is tens of thousands of years old um and six months or like you know however long they told them after she got pregnant i don't know if they told her told them like immediately or whatever but a time frame in which a baby is nothing com in comparison to how long she's lived so it's such a like a short time span for everything that you know and everything that you fought for for your almost your entire life is just gone in that amount of time. So I don't know. I just think it hit her super hard and she's obviously not coping well. I still don't think she's coping very well. She's getting better, but she's not better, better. Well, and I think that, yeah, I, I thought that I didn't see this coming as like, okay, like how do you get how does Pearl get better? I mean, you could say throw her in a new romantic relationship, but I think that that's, that's awful. That's, that's, yeah, it is. You, you, <laughs> I agree. you could, you, you could superficially have her be like, Oh, I'm cured now. I found a new love. But like, I, I don't think that, uh, that's not really realistic. And that's like, sends a really bad message. Um, you know, like heartbroken, throw yourself into something else. Oh. Like <laughs> she needs to, I mean, I, I, I'm not slamming on mystery girl here. Um, I, I think that like the initial showing the showing that Pearl can have feelings for someone else is a good thing and a, and a pro step in, in, in the right direction. But I think that having her get over her beef with Greg is a good sign because it, it shows that she's able to just get over the jealousy aspect of it. Like, which, which just rotted at her caused her to almost kill Steven like six times. <laughs> like twice. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what I wanted to talk about a little bit in comparison is that I found something interesting that I never really noticed about Keystone is that Greg's advice is 
to let Ruby and Sapphire just kind of hash it out. But that advice doesn't work. That's not what happens. They only get better because because Steven kind of accidentally intervenes. Makes them talk. Right, which is interesting. I mean, I don't think Greg's advice is necessarily wrong, but it's in both instances, that's not what happens. <laughs> Steven actively forces uh, Greg and Pearl to talk, and that's the only thing that mends that relationship. So I kind of find that interesting, that Greg's like sagely advice is not exactly helpful. Like, they frame it as helpful, and it's it's still, like like I said, not bad advice, but sometimes, it, it obviously, you don't want to go butting into everyone's affairs, but if they're your family, if they're people that you, you see are hurting and you know that they can sort through it if they just sit down and talk to each other, then maybe, you know, getting involved is the right thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely interesting, too. Um, you have Greg uh, talking it out in the one episode with Pearl and then in the other one Ruby and Sapphire just kind of do it because Steven accidentally initiates it and it just kind of like further shows um how similar Greg and Steven are well I think I think what's what is interesting is that like Greg's advice of like you know just let people be I think that is like Greg's mo of that he's not angry but he is a bit more passive than Steven is I think Steven is more proactive and following what he you know if he thinks that he can help then he'll help um not that greg doesn't help hmm it's very pushy about helping greg is oh yes okay if you need me i'll be over here type of thing right well that's the thing he greg doesn't try to talk to pearl when pearl sings her little song he he slinks off um so that's interesting it is interesting to kind of show that he although that is like not bad advice it's not necessarily the end all be all um, and then, um, just like, I don't know which, which, I guess, which reuniting did, did you guys prefer? Like, which, what did you think was better? Like Ruby and Sapphire kind of realizing it over Steven, over seeing how they upset Steven or Steven kind of forcing Pearl and Greg to talk? Oh. I mean, I like both of them because I think that they're both very different things and they're both portraying two very different relationships. Oh, um, obviously. Um, I, I like Mr. Greg better personally just because um, it hit me emotionally more um, and I think it was definitely supposed to hit you more on an emotional level than Keystone was, even though Keystone hmm. also hit on emotional parts. I, I just like how uh, Mr. Greg was executed better because this is a this is a thing that's been festering for the entire season, whereas Keystone is only one arc. It's been festering. So, monsters. Yeah, I liked the resolution more in Mr. Greg as well. I felt like the makeup in Keystone Motel uh, was conveyed in a bit more of a heavy-handed manner. Yeah. It- it's kind of it's funny because both both of these only work because Steven is the center of the universe literally mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> like right I mean <clears throat> you think Steven picked up from Keystone Motel like dang man I can make anyone feel emotionally vulnerable <laughs> I'm gonna use this <laughs> and then he started formula then he was like yeah yeah this is the key I just take a gem to another state 
and 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 <laughs> I, I make them emotionally vulnerable. I use their love <laughs> of me to get them to reconcile with someone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in both of them, he's like, I I love you, and you both love me. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> hey. That's how. Yeah, that's how um that's how he did it with the cluster. That's how he did it with uh Lapis and, and Peridot. Actually, is that how he made them be friends? How did they become okay with each other? Um oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was Oh, oh, because the Ruby to her. Like cause she was being mean because of the tape recorder. Yeah, but that doesn't work. I think just the Ruby Squad comes down and just interrupts that and then they're friends after. <laughs> I, no i'm i think that is what happens i'm gonna just assume I mean, that it happens a little bit before it happens like right before the ruby squad comes in yeah because they're hiding hmm, hmm. I, that'd be interesting to kind of see like how many problems does steven solve on the show by not just getting people to talk but by like using like you know the fact that people care about him as like an emotional bargaining tool <laughs> use it on white diamond so <laughs> oh, oh oh well that's that's how hey that's how steven reconciled the diamonds with the other gems like hey diamonds you love me hey gems you love me everyone friends <laughs> white diamond just doesn't love anybody so he's hard pressed <laughs> for that <laughs> oh goodness uh all right um so yeah um monsters was that a mr greg out of you for preferred well, yeah, um, I just wanted to say, like, I, I thought that both episodes were super atmospheric with, you know, beautiful backgrounds and lots of time to explore the settings. Maybe that's just because that um, the episodes take place in different locations or maybe that's just the whole show. No, yeah, every episode, Steven and other characters just go to some some other living location. Yeah. And <laughs> every episode every, in a different state. <laughs> I mean, they go to the barn, too. That's something. Yeah. And I mean, also, both of them. All, from an outsider's perspective, seem to have a lot of character development. Um, yeah. What do you th what do you think about Steven Universe from these two episodes? It was good. I mean, with with the amount of time on my hands, I prefer to watch shows that aren't as continuity heavy. Um, mm -hmm. just because you know that way I can watch an episode and then just move on to the next one. Uh, I I mean I I love shows that that are continuity driven. It's just at, at the current point in time I don't have the time to invest in them. But no, I mean I I dig it that some of the characters seem really compelling, and uh, maybe someday I'll I'll uh, indulge into the show. Okay, I mean uh, to be fair to uh, or to be clear to everyone at home, just like I I asked monsters not to watch any of the other other episodes around it. Like we you know we could have filled them in, we could have given them, but I I kind of wanted to just see like what what how welcoming steven universe is to a newcomer not that you would ever like randomly watch the episode you know i don't know some people right. might randomly catch an episode on tv and i do still have my hunch about the the steven universe movie being the gateway drug um <laughs> as it were but um but you know i kind of wanted to see and you, you followed it pretty well yeah like aside from stuff that was literally happening in like a specific arc <laughs> that you you would have had no way of knowing um but Yes, I I do like Mr. Greg more. I just think that it was on a different level because the animation was so good, the songs were so good, and uh, the conflict was so well incorporated into those songs. You know, I I felt for Greg, I felt for Pearl, um, and I also liked Keystone Motel. I, I just you know for some of it, like I mentioned, I wasn't too familiar with with what was going on. And I mean, I guess I guess ultimately it is kind of like comparing the drama of like a steady relationship having like a minor spat versus 
someone who loved someone and suffered this great, great loss and then trying to reconcile with the person that she lost that person to. Like, it's, right. it's you know, it's like it's like the death of a loved one versus like, you know, you and your loved one arguing about, you know, <laughs> is the toilet seat up or down? Right. Like, yeah, there's just so much more stakes, I, I felt like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it wasn't like Ruby and Sapphire were in danger of dying or something. Right. And and there is there is also that like kind of meta aspect of like, well, Sapphire says it's going to be OK. So like we and I mean, it's not like anyone expects Garnet to not exist anymore. Like even when they kind of tried to pull that in a much grander way, we still didn't believe it like in the week leading up to Reunited. Um, so there is kind of that like deflation of of tension because you do know that ultimately things are going to be all right. But, whereas Mr. Greg could have reasonably ended with Pearl and Greg still not on good terms. But yeah, like, it I don't... ended awfully, especially yeah. how given the show it tends to escalate a lot at random times. Um, that's definitely something that could have happened like in an alternate timeline. <laughs> And it wasn't it wasn't a part of an arc. I mean, unless you count the Greg getting rich two parter, um, but like it's it, it it wasn't like the middle act of an arc or like the end act of an. Arc. It was just its own thing that connects to other things going on in the show. But like could have ended and done anything it needed to in the show, you know. So yeah, no, I I love Mister Greg. It is one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. I said as much when I reviewed it back when it came out. I, I still feel that way. Um, I mean, maybe like reunited might trump it at this point. But it, it is, I do think, one of the greatest just standalone 11 minutes on the show. Um, and Keystone Motel is good. You, you actually also mentioned a good thing, Monsters. The, there is a little bit of wonky animation in Keystone because it is still early season two. Um, to, to, uh, for the most part, it seemed like it was wonky for comedic effect. But there is some like really weird stuff going on with like Ruby's fingers that I don't know. It may be a little too far out there off model. I think uh, but, they were trying to find their style at that point. But uh, Mr. Greg had, I mean, I'm sure it had animation mistakes. I'm sure, I'm sure. But like, there is no wacky, like off model craziness going on. Um, and then also, we didn't really talk about it, but Mr. Greg does have jokes too. Like, I'd like to say, oh, well, Keystone Motel is the funnier episode, but like, Keystone Motel has really memorable lines um mr greg has really memorable songs which i think kind of beats that out um but like mr greg is also funny um per, uh lay and i were talking earlier about <laughs> there's a scene where the the servants are just like carrying pearl and she bonks her nose on the roof and so it goes by so fast um there's Hot also hilarious was what yeah yeah um there's also just like greg singing about breaking a table <laughs> like also like Stephen bribing the piano guy with just a wad of cash and the guy just like doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> like I don't know that they, they managed to still make it a, a real a pretty funny episode uh, amongst all the heartfelt emotion and, and character building also the part when Pearl refuses to dance with Greg and then the bellhop goes hey you ruined the song <laughs> <laughs> uh i also like to uh sometimes when i'm listening to the steven universe soundtrack just end every song with pearls no it's 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 pretty <laughs> if you uh you could make a you could probably make a good youtube video out of that but just like every steven universe song but it ends in now <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> uh try it at home kids your parents will love it actually this um, is a good bit Eddie, um the, if you ended it after um 
I'm forgetting the name of the song, the one between Rose and Greg. Did it if you ended that one with no, that one would be even funnier. What what can I do for you? No. Yeah. <laughs> after uh, yeah, after her and Pearl kissed. No. <laughs> oh goodness. Um uh forgot to call out Pearl's hypocrisy with the fountain. The fountains, yes. <laughs> Those wasteful fountains, because it's not like Pearl you know, has fountains in her room or, <laughs> or went to the sea spire, which she was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And it's just literally a giant fountain. <laughs> Calling out mm -hmm. Pearl for being a hypocrite 101. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's Mr. Greg is fantastic. Next level. Keystone Motel. Honestly, I did. I did gain like an, un, like an appreciation for this episode. I didn't have before. Um, cause it's been a while since I've seen it. So yeah, but all around po pretty positive, I'd say. All right. Uh, we also have a viewer comment that I forgot about again, uh, from our regular Christian Goken who says, Mr. Greg and Keystone Motel are both great episodes, but Mr. Greg gets my vote might be my bias towards Greg centric episodes, uh, and how multiple future episodes deal with Ruby and Sapphire's relationship. But Mr. Greg is great since I love the songs in it and I feel invested in Greg and his relationship between the other Crystal Gems, especially Pearl. Keystone Motel has the advantage of having two characters we hardly get to see resolve a conflict, while Mr. Greg has the advantage of pairing up Greg and Pearl. I'm not sure if the, uh, one is objectively superior, but they're both well-told story stories. Yeah, I that's also that. Yeah, that is also true that we don't... Like, I, we did, at that point, and even still, we, we don't see Ruby and Sapphire that much, but we also, even still, don't... We probably had less episodes about Pearl and Greg interacting than we have of Ruby and Sapphire at this point. Exactly. Um, all right, so for the trivia game this week, uh, I was going to make one, but I don't think that would be fair to Monsters because I couldn't... There's no reboot or original this time, and I couldn't think of any, like, yes or no quizzes that you could at least guess at, so... Uh, monsters, if you'd like to pick like five or six questions or prompts from the Wikipedia page, and Leia and I will guess the episode name. Yeah. Um, uh, I will go first because I feel like Leia has an advantage because I haven't watched Steven Universe in ages. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, and my I'll, memory's bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you go first. And, um, how good are you guys with the seasons? No, don't do that. No Cartoon Network breaks it up. Cartoon There's... Network breaks it up in funky ways. Okay. It doesn't... Yeah. Season ends in weird ways. Sometimes they change it. It's weird. I won't question you guys on that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, this, by the way, these are all the episode descriptions straight from Wikipedia. Um, so, the first one. The gems reach a space station that once belonged to Pink Diamond and sneak in to rescue, rescue Greg. But in order to do so, they must play the roles that they were made for so as to not arouse suspicion. I'm going to say, you know, I'll tell you the season anyway. Um, that would be season four, and that is Gem Heist. And Leia? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, you're both correct. <laughs> oh, that's good. I confuse episodes in that arc, like the oh, names yeah. of them. Yeah, no, pretty easily. They get confusing. How many questions are we going to do, monsters, by the way? Five. Okay. Okay, number two. Stephen and Greg take Lapis Lazuli on a boat ride to help her recover from her trauma. However, Jasper follows them and confronts Lapis, seeking to fuse into... Malachite. 
Malachite again, thank you. <laughs> Maleka Malachite. Malachite Malachite's ba- Malachite's basically you on the show, Monsters. Yeah. She's really tall and kind of green. <laughs> Dealing with a lot of emotional issues. I know what my new AVI is. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh goodness. Um Oh goodness. I mean I know the episode oh, I know it too. Was that the was that all of it? Yes. It, it is. I'm just trying to think of the title. Um All right. I'm sorry, could you, could you repeat that? Storm at Sea. Uh, and Pi. Wait, wait, hang on. No, it's, it's, isn't it Alone at Sea? That's yeah, Alone correct. at Sea. Whoops. Yeah, Alone at Sea. Whoops. Ah, well, first of all, you answered out of turn, but also thank you because it helped me get the correct one. I thought I was, oh, wait, are you answering first each time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I have, yeah. But, okay, never mind. Whoops. <laughs> so how much you giving up points on this one? You got it, uh, they got it wrong. Okay. So that makes it two pi, one Leia. Right. Uh, did I? I didn't mishear you, right? You said, uh, I think storm I, sa- at I, sea. Said it, I said it alone at sea first, but then I second guessed because I needed to repeat it. <laughs> hmm. Oh. So wait, right. so you did say alone at sea first? Yeah. <laughs> this is a tough situation. <laughs> it's okay. You, I... know how, you know how I'd call it, monsters. I know how we're, you'd call it, but how tough. will I call it? We're tough in recast trivia. We don't, there's no bolts. There's no, no half points. Oh, so except that time there was so half points. Here. <laughs> hey, listen, trivia is why people watch this show. They'll sit through two hours of stuff they don't care about to listen to the <laughs> savage trivia. <laughs> no, nah, monsters divvy out the points however you want. I, I honestly, I, um, you cut out the well, first time you said it, Leia, so I, I couldn't. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. Like I, I asked you to repeat it because I couldn't hear it properly. But because you did say it right, I will give both of you a point. So it's tied up two to two. I guess I can't complain because I would have gotten that wrong if you didn't say something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, to do, continue. Okay, the next one. Peridot gets carried away with gem gossip and reveals something about Amethyst unintentionally offending her. Oh, God. Oh, God, all the stupid Peridot arc. Well, they're not stupid episodes. They're great episodes, (laughs) but the titles are the titles are something. Uh, uh, oh, oh, um, too far from season two. Okay, and Leia? That's too far. <laughs> yes! You're both correct. Yes. Woo. All right, three to three, two more. That's too much, man. <laughs> In this non canon crossover episode. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, let's go be heroes. No, wait, no! <laughs> I mean it or it was the uncle grandpa one it, it was it the was uncle the grandpa, grandpa one yeah. i was because <laughs> it's not a steven universe episode <laughs> okay here's the next one mm-hmm. while practicing how to fuse with the gems steven accidentally fuses with connie forming an unprecedented gem alone together season one yep alone together <laughs> that one's one of the <laughs> best episodes i was just skimming over it and i see steve vani <laughs> yep yep that's the thing awesome Stevani is a name that doesn't sound like it would work, but it works. Oddly, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better than going with, like, Stani. <laughs> All right, 4-4? Four, four. Yep. Here's I'm the proud last of myself, one. man. You're proud? I'm proud. Better than I would do. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. When Garnet and Pearl return to the Great North to look for Jasper, Amethyst is put in charge of Steven and Connie. 
They continue their battle training together and try to have a fun day in Beach City, but are interrupted by the reappearance of Jasper. You know what? I mean, I know the episode, but I don't think the title is, uh, I want to say the, the Great Hunt. Okay. And Leia? What was the description again? When Garnet and Pearl return to the Great North to look for Jasper, Amethyst is put in charge of Steven and Connie. They continue their battle training together and try to have a fun day in Beach City, but are interrupted by the reappearance of Jasper. <gasps> I believe it's Crack the Whip. Crud! That is correct. Uh... I'm sorry, Pie Guy, but Leia takes it in the last question, five to four. What was the what was the name of the episode before that? Did I at least get that correct? Gem Hunt. I don't think. <sighs> I was clo- I was close. I thought it was the winter episode when I was li- like, huh? No, but yep. no, that's the right one. Crack the Whip was... was a hard title to remember. So, right. <sighs> I would have gotten Crack the Whip if I had if I had been paying more attention. I just I heard it and I'm like, oh, this has got to be the one where they're up north because <laughs> they they try to have a good time until jasper shows up i mean that's true of both episodes that's the one that i was getting confused with that's why i asked for him to repeat it <laughs> monsters you un- you unintentionally picked like a really good question for that good yeah really. that was a good one yeah crack the whip is a hard one to remember name wise you picked you picked a lot of good ones because like the oh god i don't remember the last episode of the zoo arc what that one was called i would have gotten that confused um and then the all those ones with Peridot, like the Peridot Redemption arc. I don't I don't remember the first I think maybe Back to the Barn might have been it, but hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I came close. <laughs> yeah. Real close. Uh one day I'll win. <laughs> one day. Yeah, Monsters and I don't have the best track record with these. Mm-hmm. What do you guys <laughs> usually lose or Yours is usually well, pretty good. I mean, you don't always have the winning, but, you know, yours is usually pretty good. I don't play that often. I'm usually the game master. But, right. um, but uh, you, you you won against Kuro that one time when we made it really hard for him. Yeah, with that awful <laughs> handicap, and he had to guess, like, four different <laughs> aspects. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, all right, well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Recast. Uh, thank you very much, Leah, for being with thank us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you could be on uh, when Steven Universe hiatus is over. We'll have you back. <laughs> if it is over. <laughs> <laughs> so see, see you in 10 years, everyone. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Bye, guy rules out. Catch you guys later. Bye. <laughs>